Now, tomorrow's headlines, I've got the front page of tomorrow's uh, Brisbane Courier Mail. They're featuring, and this is on a couple of the papers tomorrow, the the NAPLAN results. It says that free state primary schools have uh, ranked alongside inner city uh, private colleges to be named Queensland's top academic NAPLAN performers, but their regional counterparts are lagging behind. Uh, this is a, an analysis been done by News Corp of the 2022 NAPLAN results. And this goes to the ongoing coverage they've got of education. We spoke with Joe Hildebrand earlier, and they're doing quite a bit on education in the News Corp publication. So they've analysed the NAPLAN results. In Queensland, uh, they're saying that the free state primary schools uh, have done very, very well, ranking alongside the inner city private colleges. But the uh, NAPLAN performers in the regional areas are lagging behind. They say they looked at more than 1,400 primary and secondary schools. They found that Catholic and independent sectors as well, and they've revealed the state's best. The two top primary schools were out of the state school system in Sunnybank Hills and Rainworth, and of Clayfield College, St Joseph's College, Gregory Terrace and Morris College Ashgrove, uh, which do command thousands of dollars in annual fees. So uh, that's in the Courier Mail. There's a lot more detail on that one. Uh, just on the issue of youth crime, huge issue in Queensland at the moment. Uh, and the Courier Mail's been campaigning on that along with other papers. Uh, this story says campaign gets youth crime win. Palaszczuk government's pledged to publish key performance indicators. Experts say are crucial to driving down teen crime. As the new youth justice legislation went into the parliament, it says, on, uh, I'm just going here, yeah, the government will report on the outcome. So in other words, what they're saying is the government should publish the rate of youth reoffending, Indigenous young people in detention, and the proportion of serious repeat offenders with the goal of driving these numbers down. Simply, they're saying, well, let's have the statistics on a regular basis and we'll see what the numbers are and see whether, in fact, there has been some progress. So that's on the front page of the Courier-Mail. Now, I'll move to the Telegraph in Sydney. Its front page, uh, this is a dreadful, dreadful situation you heard today. This happened at Maruya on the uh, New South Wales south coast. Newborn baby girl fatally attacked by two Rottweilers was asleep in a bouncer on the floor when the dogs attacked without anyone witnessing. Mia Jade Riley, just five weeks old. There's a picture of Mia Jade on the front page of the paper with her older sister. She was with her parents and toddler sister at her grandfather's house at Maria on the New South Wales south coast. The tragedy happened on Saturday night. The baby was being constantly uh, supervised by her parents as well as other adults at the gathering. But at some stage, the dogs managed to approach the bouncer without anyone realising. Baby rushed to Maria Hospital. She died a few hours later from massive head injuries. Uh, it is uh, it, it, it is impossible to contemplate what it would be like to be in the shoes of those involved in that terrible, terrible tragedy. They also feature the, uh, the Napland situation from a New South Wales perspective. They've done the same analysis. They say Sydney's north has been revealed as the academic powerhouse of the state in the latest NAPLAN results. It says kids in the far west scored 18.3%. This is the far west of New South Wales, regional New South Wales. They scored 18.3% less than their city cousins on average, highlighting a worrying education gap. So they've got a, a full story on that one. That's on the front page of the Telegraph. Uh, they also... Uh, they're talking about Sheeran mania. Now, I heard, this is in Sydney on our Drive Time show with Chris O'Keefe. I heard uh, Chris O'Keefe saying today that uh, you, you won't be able to camp out 
and, and camp out overnight to get the best spots for Ed Sheeran. You'll be turned away. This is at, at Homebush for the venue of the Ed Sheeran concerts. Uh, now, so Ed Fever sets off fan panic. Sheeran mania hits the city, and there's a picture of Ed Sheeran there. So if you're a fan of Ed Sheeran, you'll understand that. If you're not a fan of Ed Sheeran, you'll think, well, all right, well, uh, you can have it. So, But uh, he's very popular, and there's going to be a, a massive... They say Sheeran mania hitting the city. Uh, it's on page three of the uh, the Telegraph. I haven't got the full story. And they've also managed to come up with a headline on their front page relating to uh, uh, David Warner, who's now jetted home with an elbow injury, along with quite a few other members of the Australian cricket team. They're having a terrible summer in India. And so that's uh, allowed the Telegraph to produce a headline saying, Aussies having Indian bummer. See, bummer. So it's Indian summer, Indian bummer. That's their headline. So that's uh, it's on the front page of the Telegraph. Now uh, I'll just go to the Herald, uh, the because the Herald's got a poll on Anthony Albanese. Now this one, uh, this is a poll which says voters have marked down Anthony Albanese on major tests of his leadership after four weeks of dispute over election promises and the cost of living, cutting his net performance rating from 35 to 25 percentage points. Uh, these numbers are often hard to, to process, but they say Labor's primary vote, according to this Resolve poll, down from 42 to 40, coalitions going from 29 to 31. Now, according to this, that's still a substantial lead, but they say it looks like uh, Labor's re-election or election honeymoon is over, the director of this poll organisation says. Uh, he's still a fair way ahead on uh, preferred Prime Minister. So he's 55% to 23 over Peter Dutton as preferred Prime Minister. The voting intention is still uh, pretty high as well. But on this one, I'll just give you this one. Inflation, high prices and interest rates are having a serious effect on my household. Uh, you've got 42% of people agree with that. 25% strongly agree. Um, there are There's a small proportion saying strongly disagree, so I don't know where they are. 14% say they disagree, that inflation, high prices and interest rates is having a serious effect on my household. Well, there will be people, I guess, um, you try and work out who, who would not be affected by those things. So all of that there is on the front page of the uh, Herald. They've also got a story saying Australians are preparing for a, an economic shock over the next six months. Again, from this poll, where they're saying uh, people struggling with higher prices and rising interest rates, they're using that part of the poll to say 67% are feeling a ser serious impact. And they're saying in this poll, 41% of voters say they'd struggle to pay for a major expense, such as repairing a car or buying a fridge. Now, that was the question that was asked. If I had a major expense of a few thousand dollars, a, a big fridge, you might have a big family, you've got to repair something and you've got a bill of a, th a few thousand dollars, 41% of people say they'd struggle to find it or afford it. Now, they've also got the story on the front page of the ASIO briefing today. Uh, the ASIO boss warning Australians to be vigilant, experience revealing the nation was experienced the highest level of foreign interference and espionage in its history revealing the agency has deported a hive of spies in the past 12 months who'd recorded proxies and agents as part of a uh, bigger operation to steal sensitive information. He said the hive was bigger and more dangerous than a nest of spies dismantled several years ago and reported by ASIO. He said he'd decided to highlight the case to dispel any sense that espionage is some romantic Cold War notion. Based on what ASIO is seeing, more Australians are being targeted for espionage 
and foreign interference than at any other time in Australia's history. So that's on the front page of the Herald. I'll then go to the Australian because they've picked up the part of that speech that I was highlighting in the previous hour, where essentially ASIO says they're being told by senior people in business, bureaucrats and others to ease up in their spying operations. According to this story, and this is what he said tonight, Australia's top spy, Mike Burgess, was directly pressured by public servants, academics and business identities to ease up on ASIO's foreign interference and espionage operations, despite judicial figures, journalists, veterans and diaspora communities being targeted in record numbers by foreign spies and agents. And the specific quote he gives in this is he says, there are people who are leaning on ASIO, can you just back off? Some of the things they've said is, well, it's no different to lobbying or networking, but the key bit, I think, is they've been saying, well, the foreign government might make things difficult for us. That might be trade, might be something else. They're saying, can you back off? You might cause trouble with government X. So there's that one. It's on the front page of the Australian newspaper. Uh, Australian also says this is in relation uh, to uh, superannuation. It says more than... 200,000 wealthy Australians would lose $4 billion a year in super tax concessions under a reasonable package of measures the Grattan Institute's put forward uh, to uh, legislate a change to the superannuation system. They've got some details there. These things become very, very complicated. Uh, but they've talked about people at the higher end. Uh, what they're saying is, this is the proposal broadly, they're saying removing tax concessions for super balances above $2 million uh, that would affect about 80,000 people and save the budget around $1.5 billion a year. So when you look at the whole country, there's probably 80,000 people with super balances of $2 million a year or more. Uh, but the tax concessions they're getting amount to about $1.5 billion a year. That's pretty substantial. Uh, but whether they do it, because it'll be a break of an election promise, we'll wait and see. Uh, they've also got on their front page the uh, decision. Uh, this is the barrister, Rashina Campbell. She's been picked as the, uh, I understand, I think she's a councillor in, in, uh, in Melbourne, quite well-known, quite high profile. Now, she has been picked to contest the seat of Aston. Uh, that is, she's a career barrister. Uh, she had 13 votes from the Liberal Party administrative committees. Three went to the others who were contesting it. So anyway, she's now going to be the candidate for that Aston by-election, which is coming up appropriately on April the 1st. The ASIO story is on the front page of the Melbourne Age uh, as well. They've got also the story uh, saying the schools with Victoria's best NAPLAN results over the past four years have been revealed. Government schools make up 16 of the top 20 performers. This is in Victoria, alongside four schools in the independent and Catholic sectors. That The read on that is that the ones that charge the massive fees aren't in that top 20. So there you go. I guess that'll add to those, those uh, parents who might be thinking, gee, we're paying a lot of money here and our school doesn't seem to do as well as some of these others. So... That's food for thought there. And uh, this is a significant one here on the front page of the Financial Review at 23 minutes past 11 or 10 in Queensland. The Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill wants to cut red tape, such as forcing employers to advertise jobs locally before sponsoring foreigners and overhaul the outdated visa system as part of a pro-business shake-up of the nation's broken migration system. Wants to shift the balance from relying on temporary foreign workers 
in favour of permanent migration, saying the temporariness of the system was a huge missed opportunity. She's said this a bit before. The implication is, well, if you're offered a chance to come to Australia, but you... your situation is temporary, people are less inclined to come. If there's no prospect of becoming a permanent citizen and there are other countries around the world that are pitching for the same workers. So that one there is on the front page of the Financial Review and that's a a fair bit that we have on our plate there uh, which will be talked about tomorrow, I suspect, on the front page of tomorrow's newspapers.